Welcome, 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 and thank you for tuning in to the Zion Temple podcast under the leadership of Pastor Vince Holmes. Here at Zion Temple Community Church, we are powerfully driven to dream bigger, pray bigger, and work hard to experience the many blessings God has for our church and the community we serve. We pray these messages increase your faith to live the abundant life. you to fill this place. King of power, fill this place. 
King of my peace, fill this place. King of my joy, fill this place. And God, as we open your word in your presence, fill us that we may hear from you. Holy Ghost, speak to us. Strengthen, heal, deliver, encourage, give vision. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I am so excited about sharing with you a word from the Lord this morning as we continue in our series, Back to the Future, with part two. And it simply says, okay, but I'm scared. Okay, but I'm scared. Last week, we began looking at Jacob's journey as God called him to go back, to go back to where he had come from, to back to a... A brother who was ready to kill him the last time he saw him. In Galatians 31, I'm sorry, in Genesis 31, verses 1 and 2. You don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read real quickly verses 1 and 2 from the NIV just to kind of give us a background. It says that Jacob heard Laban's sons were saying, Jacob is taking everything our father owned and has gained all this wealth from what belonged to our father. And Jacob noticed that Laman's attitude toward him was not what it had been. Then the Lord said to Jacob, and this is our verse, and the Lord said to Jacob, go back to the land of your fathers and your relatives and I will be with you. And so the challenge was for for Jacob is that Jacob had been shady with his brother who was living back in the land. He had stole his brother's birthright and his blessing, uh, his brother's blessing that was to come from his father. The last time that Jacob saw his brother Esau, um, Esau was planning to kill Jacob. So the answer to the, the question is go back to what? God tells Jacob to go back. Now, let me give you a little more more background. As Jacob left, he was with Laman. He, I shared with you last week, he had worked 14 years to acquire two wives. He had begun to build his family. He worked for Laman. His, um, and Laman was his, his uncle, actually, his, his um, mother's brother. And so he had worked for him, but he was constantly being deceived. He grew his flock. He um, prospered there, and then God prospered Joseph. And Joseph's prosperity began to supersede that of his uncle. So now his brothers are tripping, his uncle is tripping. And God tells Jacob he's aware of the situation that Jacob is to go back. And so he's going back to an uncertain environment. Last week we also kind of jumped ahead as we, we looked at the experience that Jacob had in preparation for us returning back. We noticed some things that happened. One, that Joseph was, um, Jacob was alone in this journey. And remember that sometimes in this journey of going back in order to go forward, God was taking 
um, Jacob back so that he can bless him to go forward. But he had to deal with some stuff. But sometimes you will be alone in the journey. A whole lot of people won't be there to go with you because this is tailor made for you and your situation. We also remember that Jacob was determined um, to have his situation changed and that he had been broken by God himself. Literally broken. His hip was dislocated. And we also realize that Jacob, that process brought Jacob to a place of transparency where he was transparent with himself in realizing who he was when he says, my name is Jacob, my name is Surplanter, my name is Trickster, my name is, I am, I'm a deceiver. But he was also transparent with God. And so if we get to, we're going to back up a little bit before that today because often what happens when we look at others who, who tell their testimonies of overcoming and, and, and growing, it appears, it appears as if they've done so with such great confidence, with no issues, because we see the finished product. But I propose to you that it is not so, that it's usually a process. Can you say the word process with me? If you're, if you're there at home, type in the word process. And today I want to take a closer look at that process as we go through Genesis chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32. We're going to back up and begin at verse 1. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 5 for you, and then we're going to go look at it a little closer. It says that Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, this is the camp of God. So he named that place Mahanaim. Jacob sent messengers, here's his process, he sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau to the land of Seir in the country of Edom. He instructed them, let's look at his instructions to the messengers, this is what you are to say to my lord Esau. Your servant Jacob says, I have been staying with Laban and have remained there until now. I have cattle and donkeys, sheep and goats, male and female servants. Now I am sending this message to my Lord that I might found favor in his eyes. So as Jacob begins this process of going back, he's sending his messengers to go meet his brother to sort of kind of test the waters. But I want to notice a couple of things about Jacob as he sends them. The first thing that I noticed that he instructed, what he instructed them to say. He instructed them, first of all, notice that he says, my Lord Esau. Wait a minute. So he has had, during this time with Laman, as he gets ready to go back, he sort of had, he's had, not sort of, he's had an attitude adjustment. Remember, the problem was, is that Jacob is younger than Esau. And so now, because the blessing, he's the one, he stole his brother's birthright. His father has given him the blessing. So now, the younger or the older is going to serve or be subservient to, the older is going to be subservient to the younger, which was not the way it's supposed to be, quote, unquote. And so now, but you see what Jacob's doing as he has his attitude adjustment. He is now saying, hey, say to my Lord, 
Esau. He's acknowledging Esau's position. He's calling Esau Lord. That is not what he was calling him when he left. That was not Esau's position when he left. It had been stolen. So Jacob calls him Lord, calls his brother Lord, and identifies himself as the servant of Esau. And so he portrays to the people that Esau is Lord, that Esau is the ruler, that he's respecting, giving reverence to his brother. Now, I'm not even sure if he ever told his messengers the whole story. In this attitude adjustment, he's even presenting his brother in a positive light. And so even, I noted this in my notes, that that even when you aren't the perpetrator, there needs to be as best as possible an accurate assessment of your situation. So in his journey going back, he's assessing, he's looking at a situation, and he realizes he's, he's acknowledging Esau as Lord in preparation of going back, and, and I'm sure Esau's thing is identifying, but Jacob is a trickster. Jacob is a liar. Is this just a trick? Is this just another scheme? You've ever had someone who's done something to you and then they're seeking to either restore or rebuild or at least come to a point of asking for your forgiveness? How do you treat them? Is Are you open or are you suspicious or cautious? Most of us are what? At least cautious, Right? And so if this were you and your brother sending this message to you and he's calling you, sending the message says, my Lord, and saying your servant, I'm now your servant. I'm not so sure I'm so quick to believe this new assessment, this new attitude. But he he represents, he he has this new assessment. And so I, I, I realize that whenever we're going through, when we're going through this process, that um, God wants us to have a right mental adjustment, a right attitude, a right assessment of what the situation really is. So in Jacob's case, he recognized, he is, he's acknowledging that I stole the position that I now have. And so I believe that God's not calling us to live in darkness about our experiences. Hmm. He's calling us to be transparent, to be open, to to call what is what it is. Amen? And that as we call what is what it is, that God is able to deal with us. Next week, and I know some of you are ready for this week, we're going to begin our fast actually next week. That's the announcement I'm going to make. Well, I just made it. But you're going to see one of the devotions that, that recalls um, Adam and Eve, as um, Adam found himself naked and afraid. And this whole thing, I want you to pay close attention to that because Adam acknowledges where he is. The shame. His condition. And so, so Jacob acknowledges what the situation truly is. And so he communicates that to the messengers who communicate that to his brother Esau. Secondly, he understands his purpose. His purpose was, as King James says, was to find favor or to find grace and forgiveness. So he says, he, he, he realizes that I've stolen the birthright. He um, sort of, 
he, he acknowledges that Esau is Lord and he says, my purpose, I'm sending these people to you that I might obtain grace or to find favor in your sight. Ah, I don't necessarily suspect that he's always he's asking for restoration of relationship. I'm going to let that one sink in for you. Sometimes when we go to, to, to come back to people and we look and, and we're seeking, um, we have to understand that one, sometimes when we're asking for forgiveness, that forgiveness does not necessarily mean restoration of the previous relationship. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes forgiveness does not necessarily mean restoration of the previous relationship. It doesn't mean that it's going to return back to like it was. So for those of you who say, well, if, if you forgive me, it's going to be... No, let me, let me give you a reality check. Let's work through that process. And so what I believe that, that Jacob is seeking, first of all, is just, just forgiveness. He's acknowledging what he's done. And asking for an acceptance to his brother. And so he sends the messengers. He waits because they have to come back. And they give a response. And check out, let's meet me at verse 6 of chapter 32. The King James Version says this. And the messengers returned to Jacob saying, We came to thy brother Esau, and also he cometh to meet thee, and 400 men with him. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What's your reaction? Now, you've played, you've stolen from your brother, you've stolen his livelihood, you've stolen his blessing, you send some men, you've acknowledged, you know, and God wants you to go back. First of all, it wasn't really your idea to go back, but this is God's idea in the first place, Right? And so God's idea is for you to go back. And as you go back, you send these messengers to your brother. You acknowledge that you, you've done this thing. And their response is, your brother's coming and 400 dude men are with him. Come on now. What, what, what's, what's, your, what's your reaction? Talk, talk to me. Put it, put it in chat. What, what, what's your reaction? Let, let me ask some of you guys who are here today. What's your reaction to that? You say what? Let me re- somebody said let me rethink this. Okay, let me get four hundred men myself. Okay, that's that's my hood brother there. We're gonna fight this thing out. You ain't just walking up here. I didn't ask you for forgiveness, but you ain't gonna just walk up in here. No. <laughs> oh man. A- anybody else? Afraid. Right. And let's look at Jacob's reaction. It tells us right there in the next verse. It says, in verse um, 7, Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He was afraid and distressed, it says, And he divided the people that was with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two bands. Whoa! He was scared, y'all. Have you ever, have you ever been challenged by God to do something, to revisit something, and you are afraid? Come on. Talk to me. Check this out. 
Mark this down. Write it on the wall. Obedience to God or experiencing God's promises does not mean the absence of fear. I'm going to say that again because that goes counterculture to what we hear. Obedience to God or experiencing God's promises does not mean the absence of fear. So I know what your question is. Well, what about 2 Timothy 2.17? We say this all the time when we get afraid or when we're challenged by something. What do we say? We quote the scripture that says what? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Well, how does that fit in, Pastor, with you telling me that experiencing um, God's promises or experiencing um, God's promises does not necessarily mean the absence of fear when the New Testament says, Paul wrote, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. Ah. I believe that what it's what Paul is saying is that that God has not given us that the spirit of fear means that God has not implanted with us this consistent thing of fear that enables us um, yeah enables us to move towards the promises of God. But yet instead he's given us the ability to keep moving even in the presence of fear and he's giving us the ability of, of expressing love, experiencing love and having clear thinking all the time while processing this fear. You see, fear in of itself is not a bad thing. Fear is an emotion that God has given us that makes absolutely perfect sense and that can save your life. Amen? So, so someone come up, come, come up in here with a gun. Some of y'all going to just sit here and say, I ain't afraid. I, I, I'm sure most of you will move and those who don't will only not move because you didn't see it fast enough. We can move out of the way. A car's coming towards you. You're passing on the light. We're on the corner of Vernon and Hooper, and we hear, hear and see this all the time over here. Um, a car coming in, and you wonder if it's going to stop and it's, at the red light, and you're crossing the crosswalk. Is there any fear? There's fear in reaction. Fight or flight. Right? That's fear, and you have the ability to act upon that. So fear in and of itself is not not a bad thing. But what Paul is saying that God has not given you the spirit of fear that in, that, that that incapacitates you from experiencing the truths of God and, and, and still having a clear uh, frame of thinking. So let's look at this a little closer in verse um, 7. It says that Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people that was with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two bands. And verse 8 says, and he said, this is what he said, if Esau um, come to one company and smite it, the other which is left shall escape. So he comes up with this plan. I want you to repeat something after me. Let, let me say it first, and then you can repeat it. Although scared or terrified, Keep moving towards God's instructions. Although scared or even terrified, keep moving towards God's instructions. And that's what we see that um, um, Jacob did. He still came up with his plan, but he did not let his fear incapacitate him or turn him around from the instructions that God had given 
You said you've experienced um, the will of God and yet still being afraid, unsure, uncertain. What do we do when that happens? I want you to repeat, repeat after me. Although scared or terrified, keep moving towards God's instructions. For those of you in the chat, just type in the words, keep moving, those online. Although scared or terrified, keep moving towards God's instructions. Keep moving. So what do I do? How do do I process this fear? Well, let's take a look at what, what the brother did. God has given him this plan. God has told him, hey, you go back. You go back. All he knows is that his brother is coming and he's got 400 men with him. And he knew that he, he knows that he'd done his brother wrong when he left. Can't forget that. And he knows that his brother's plan when he left was to kill him. That's why he left. Verse 20, I'm sorry, verse 9. And Jacob said, let's look at his reaction to this news that his brother's coming with 400 men. First thing I want you to do is just recall the instructions. Recall what God, what God's word says. Recall what God said to you. So in verse 9 he says, And Jacob said, O God, my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which said to me, Return unto thy country and thy kindred, and I will deal with thee. What is he doing? He's recalling, he's praying, and reminding God, you said this. This is what you said. He's calling on God and reinstating the promise. He says, the Lord would say, um, the God of my father Isaac, um, Abraham Isaac, and the Lord which said unto me, return. This is what you said to me, God. Return to thy country, to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. So the only promise he has is to go back, I'm with you, and I'm going to deal well with thee. He recalls it. So whenever you're going through and you're in a situation, yeah, we, we may not shout today, but I promise you we're going to have a foundation to stand on. And, you, and you're in a situation and you've decided that you're going to trust God and God's given you clear instructions. You've heard from the word of God. And you begin to obey that even in the midst of fear, because Satan may interject some things here. Recall what God has said. Recall it to God. That's what he's talking to He's talking to God and reminding himself. So recall the instructions, what the word says. Second thing he does, he he recalls past victories along the journey. He recalls past victories along the journey. Check out this, verse 10. Beginning at verse 10. He says, I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast shown unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I've become two bands. Wait a minute, what is he saying? He says, God, I, I, I am not worthy, God, 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 I'm not worthy of where I am today, but you have been good. When I first came across this journey, all I had was my staff. That's it. 
All I had was my staff. I was running for my brother. I had absolutely nothing. And now, God, you have been good to me. And I have two bands, two, two groups of people. I have family. I have herd. I have cattle. I, I, I have uh, uh, um, a- animals that you have blessed me with. What the enemy will do is to cause us in our fear of um, to, to obey what God has done or what God is calling us to do. He will call us to concentrate on the fear feeling of our fear and forget to acknowledge what God has brought us from. Some of us right now, if the truth be told, we shouldn't even be in this room today, but God. Hello, somebody. When I was writing about, when I I was going over this, I was thinking in my head, I thought about where I had been and what God has done. I I remembered, it took me back to being a a, a freshman in college. I had absolutely no idea of what I was doing. I'm telling you, I I told the church this story. I'm I'm, going to tell this online. Here I was, freshman, I was 17 years old, I go down to San Diego State, and I, I'm standing in this long line, and I'm going to get my classes, because I've heard that, um, you know, you get to choose your classes, and you go whatever day you want to go. They ain't like, it's not like high school, you don't have to go every day, and so, uh, here, me, ignorant, ignorant, just, just, just not knowing, just straight from the hood, going down to school. And so I, I get to San Diego State, and I, I get these cards, I have a French class, I have a, uh, I, had a I think I had a biology class, um, a history class, and, um, and there were a couple of others. And I noticed that schedule. I'm a morning person, right? I like to. I'm, I'm, I've always been a morning person. I'm up six o'clock in the morning, um, really earlier than that. But I'm by six. I got energy ready to go. Um, I married a person who's not so morning-like. Okay. Um, so anyway, I, I digress. And so, so I, I, I get to school and I, I got this test. It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, nine a.m. French. Okay, I'm cool. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Biology, 9 a.m. Cool. I get a third class, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, whichever, I think that was a history class, 9 a.m. So I take all my little cards up to the lady, and the little lady look at me like, uh, what, what you doing? I said, she said, you can't do this. I said, what do you mean I can't do You ever have confidence in, in just wrong, just wrong confidence, right? I said, what do you mean? I'm going to go to this class on Monday at 9. I'm going to go to this class on Wednesday at 9. And this one on Friday at 9. By 11 o'clock, I'm off of this campus. I'm done. Little lady, look at me. Um, you can't do that. She, she leaned forward. She says, that means you go to Monday, you go to that class Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 a.m. You can't be in two classes at one time. Oh. I was just blissfully ignorant. But God, God saw me saw me through. And that's just the positive thing I'm telling y'all about. I'm not telling y'all about, about my business business, about the stuff I, I messed up with and why I shouldn't even be here, don't even deserve to be alive but by the grace of God. And so sometimes when I begin to go through and I begin to go fear and go, Lord, this looks too big for me. God reminds me that it is too big for you, but it's not too big for me. And I've been with you the whole time. I was there when you were a little boy in 47th place in Broadway, not knowing what you're going to do. I was there when you were in this drug infected um, 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 
um, um, um, environment. I remember walking through campus or being in class one day in campus, a sociology class, and they were arguing whether it was one's environment that determined his outcome or his genetic make disposition. And my environment was bad. My genetic disposition was messed up too. And I just remember saying, well, what am I going to do? And I walked out of the class as they were arguing. And I was just listening to all these people with all this money arguing, saying what they believed it was. And I, I was messed up on both sides. There was no hope. But I remember hearing the Spirit of the Lord saying to me, but I created you. I am the God who can take no, your disposition, your genetic disposition, nor your environment matter to me. Somebody ought to give God a hallelujah that says despite my fear. And so despite my shortcomings, that God God is a God who's there. And so I want to encourage you that even when you're afraid to move and it looks bad, because 400 men are coming to get Jacob, but he's still moving towards his brother. In fact, I want to invite you to do something. I want to invite you to right now. Take a minute. Just take a minute. Close your eyes. If you're online, if you're right, take a minute and just go back and recall a few past victories. Are you, are you not like Jacob? God, when I came across this thing, I had absolutely nothing. God, I don't deserve your grace. God, I didn't deserve your favor because if the truth be told, I, I, I'm not worthy of it. But God, you've been there. You have blessed me. And this is what Jacob said. God, you have blessed me in spite of me. Hello, somebody. In spite of me, you've blessed me. And so we tell God, thank you. So what do, what, what do I do even when I'm, when I'm afraid? I, I, I recall what God's word is. I tell God his word to God. I say God's word to God. Uh, and that only not remind, it, it blesses me, it strengthens me. But I recall what God has done. I recall what God has done. And then so I recall the past victories. Here's another thing that we see that Jacob did. Pray with transparency. Name your fear. Pray with transparency. Name your fear. Check out verse 20, um, verse 11. 32, 11. King James Version, he says, Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of of my brother from the hand of Esau. What does he say? What does the next verse say? What does the next sentence say? For I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. He, he says, so he says, God, I, I pray, deliver me, protect me from my brother, because if you don't, he will, I'm, I'm afraid that he is going to kill me and the mother of my children. He tells God what he's afraid of. He's not playing some game. Uh, 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 some people say, yeah, well, I can't, can't put that out into the atmosphere. Yeah, I hear people say it all the time. You know what your problem is? Your problem is you're trusting the atmosphere. What my issue is and my, my, my privilege is that the atmosphere means absolutely nothing to me when I serve the God of the atmosphere. Hello, somebody. Yes. You worry about putting something in the atmosphere. When you serve the God of the atmosphere, you've got to twist it. Then he does it again. He recalls God's word. You got that? He recalls God's word. Check out verse 12. And thou sayest, this is what God said to him, I will surely do thee good 
Look at this. And make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for the multitude. Some of you know well enough that that promise has been made before. The dude named Abram. But he recalls God's word again and he says, I, I, you, Lord, you said, this is what you said, that you would do me good. If I go back, you would do me well and that you would make my seed as the sand of the land which cannot be numbered in the multitude. I don't have a whole lot to say today. I just want us to acknowledge that even when fear is present, when it present, when it comes to obeying God, that we can continue to move forward and trust the God that we serve. When we're going back, God is calling some of us back to go to experience some some stuff to provide healing. That's what God wanted to do was to provide healing of a relationship between them. Where is God trying to take you back to causing things to come up but you don't want to deal with because you're afraid? We did this, um, I keep coming to this, we, we just recently completed this series called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And through much of it, I was afraid. I, 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 now, I wasn't afraid of, of the issues, but here, and maybe you're like me, I was afraid to experience the pain of reliving some things. And God is calling us back to heal. Anybody ever had surgery for anything to fix something? It can be a very painful, healing can be a very painful process. But you can't heal or remove or fix the issue without the surgery. Hello, somebody. And God is saying to many of us, trust me. You've got some things that I want to heal, that I want to fix so that you can move well, so that you can do better. The process, remember I said in the beginning, we look at the people, but we forget, we see the end result, but we don't understand the process. God says, I want to process you today. Will you trust me? Will you trust me? You might be scared. Legitimately so. Jacob had every legitimate reason to be afraid that Esau was getting ready to come and kill him with 400 men. But God says, hey, trust me as I take you back so that you can go forward. I take you back so that you can experience the future that I have for you. This isn't the end. This is the beginning. So let me sort of recap of what, we, what we're doing. First of all, as we recap and we understand this process of being processed, the first thing is that we have to have an attitude adjustment so that we adjust our attitude to the truth about all parties involved whether you are the victim 
or the perpetrator. It will take truth to acknowledge where you are and who you are and those that are involved. Secondly, understand the goal. Be clear about the goal. The goal may be simply forgiveness, not always restoration of what was. Say that one again. The goal may be forgiveness, not necessarily restoration of what was. You may need to ask someone to forgive you or you may need to forgive someone. And that may be all you can do. There may not be the relationship. Want to recall five things to do when fear arises. One, keep moving in the presence of fear. Keep moving in the presence of fear. Secondly, recall God's instructions. Recall God's instructions. Third, recall past victories along your journey. Recall past victories along your journey. Fourthly, pray with transparency. Be real. Name what you fear. Don't be afraid of the fear. Many of us, um, um, many who, people who experience anxiety because they can't acknowledge what's really happening. They lose touch of reality. God says, stay. here, bring it to me, be real about it, and let's deal with it. And five, recall again. Recall God's word. You may not hear an audible word, but you have, I was going to hold this up like it's a Bible, but you have the written word of God to stand on. Stand on it because God is faithful to his word. So even if you're afraid, keep moving in the presence of fear. Recall God's instructions. Recall past victories. Pray with transparency. And again, recall God's word. Let's pray. Father, we bless you and we thank you for who you are. We thank you. As you call us to go back, as you deal with us of healing some painful memories, some painful experiences. Sometimes we were the victim, other times we were the perpetrator. But as you bring us back, Lord, we're afraid of the pain. We're afraid of the response that we may get from others. But God, may we keep moving according to your guidance. May we trust you and have the openness and transparency to identify and say exactly what we feel. And then God, may we experience the recollection of your word and reminding us that you are faithful to your promises as we remember who it is we serve. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, Jacob 
first he had to deal with his relationship with God before he can restore or deal or process his relationship with his brother. But last week we looked at Jacob saying, my name is Jacob. I'm the trickster. I'm the supplanter. God wants to take you back. God wants you to experience healing. God wants to heal you of the hurt, the pain. But first, he requires that we're in relationship with him. That we're in relationship with him. So if you're here today and you'll say, God, yeah, I'm hurting, but I, I, I want my relationship right with you first. So that I can move on and experience even a deeper healing of other areas of my life. Lord says, I, I, I died so that you and I can be in right relationship. I'll deal with the rest, but most importantly is that you experience my complete forgiveness. Some of you live and struggle with guilt. Word of God says, There is now therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. As God wants to bring you to a point that you might experience His complete forgiveness, experience a restoration of relationship with Him. We call that being saved. The Word of God says that we confess Him before men. we shall be saved how about you today would you like to walk in that forgiveness being assured of forgiveness being assured of your relationship with Christ I don't care if you've been in church a million years you know it's possible to go to church and still go to hell because you haven't been in a relationship you haven't known God Let's make a change today. You'll say, I want to know that I'm forgiven. I want to experience this forgiveness. If you're here, I want you to raise your hand. If you're online, just want you to type in the words, forgive. Forgive. And we want to introduce you to the forgiveness of a wonderful Savior who died for you. If you can't type in the word, forgive, you can email the word, forgive. Just email it to online at ztccla. Online at ztccla.com. Forgive. Now, for those of you who are in relationship with him, and you say, Pastor, I just want you to pray for me that I might keep moving during this difficult time, recalling what God has done. If that's you, you're in here raise your hand if you're online just type in the word moving I see your hand type in the word moving God for many of us these are difficult times and we know we we trust you but God sometimes fear it just keeps us and enables us but our desire is that we might face fear and see you and keep moving God you know what we even pray, as the, the songwriter wrote, that even when darkness veils your lovely face, 
God, may we be found in your saving grace. Well, may, may, may we trust you when we can't see you. May we keep moving when we don't hear you. Bring to our memories, Lord, of what you've done in our lives that we might trust and walk even when we feel alone, knowing that your presence is there and we push past fear and declare that you are good, that you are righteous, and that you are faithful. And so, God, we thank you. As Jacob couldn't fix his relationship with his brother, you did. Fix our relationships. And we thank you and we praise you in the name of your son, Jesus. And may the people of God say, amen, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of thanksgiving. Amen. Again, I want to thank you for worshiping with us. I want to thank you, those of you who are here. Thank those of you who are part of the praise team, Brother Lawrence and Santa. Thank you for coming out to worship with us. Stay safe. Stay masked up. Get vaccinated um, this Saturday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. We're going to have a big vaccination event. We want to invite you to come um, bring your family vaccination and boosters. We're going to have a DJ, music. We're going to have a prayer booth for those of you who've been desiring prayer. Come on, you can come. We'll pray for you right here. Pray for you live as well. That's this Saturday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And then on Monday, the 17th, we will we will definitely be getting our, our journey, our fasting and praying, our journey discovering God, the God of intimacy. We've got the emails for those who see your email address. You will begin receiving the journals this week. If you would like to participate with that, well, on that, you would like to participate in that with us. Send us an email at ztccpower at gmail.com. And just, just write um, intimacy. Just type in the word intimacy there. Or you can type in intimacy right now if you're online. And we'll get that information out to you. Date with the Father begins back. We're coming back to the new year. Date with the fathers when we pray. You can send your prayer request to prayer at ztccla.com and then join us on Instagram Live Tuesdays and Fridays, 6 a.m. I told you I was an early person, but it's uh, not me who's doing it, but you can join us there on our Instagram Live at Zion Temple LA. Finally, well, yeah, almost finally, almost finally, uh, our daily lunches are being served again. They start up Monday here at 3 p.m. And then Fresh Food Friday. On Friday at 10, we have fresh fruit and vegetables to give out to the community. Again, thank you for coming to worship with us. God bless you. God keep you. And tell somebody and share what you've heard today. Share it here online. For those of you who are here, go home. Share it. Share it. It's on Facebook. It's on um YouTube. We also have a podcast that you can share with as well. Thank you. God bless you. God keep you. Have a wonderful week. And our band, let's just thank God for our band. Y'all, y'all,
thank you. Go ahead and take us out as you were as you play skillfully unto the Lord. <laughs>